Stand by for VC News Daily podcasts featuring interviews with the most exciting startup CEOs, venture capitalists, and other movers and shakers at the intersection of business, technology, and capital. Welcome to VC News Daily Podcast. I'm Linda van Tolberg, and I'm very excited today to be speaking to Raj Goyle. He's the co-founder and CEO of Budala. They are a legal spend platform, and they want to take on the legal industry and the issue of legal bills. Well, welcome, Raj. Lovely to speak to you. Linda, thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Raj, can we start by looking at Badala first before we get into this world of legal tech and where it's going? What exactly do you offer and what is going on in terms of funding? Yeah, Linda, so uh, thanks for the question. So bottom line is Bodala is a groundbreaking new platform and we've become the market leader in a pretty short amount of time in giving you the should cost of your outside legal spend. I have the easiest job in the world because the pain point we're solving is one that everybody on earth can identify with, which is I don't like my legal bill. And so we are able to solve that for our clients because of a unique platform of and our AI engine and our software can actually parse the data of how legal bills of how a company is spending on their outside counsel and tell them what's good and bad inside that spend. And Raj, how much have you raised so far? Uh, we raised $10 million. You know, we are growing at a very rapid clip. We actually doubled our revenue in just this quarter alone. So we are definitely one of the fastest growing legal tech companies in the country. And what's interesting, Linda, is that the funding markets right now, you know, to be very candid, legal was always viewed as a second class vertical from the venture community and the private equity community. There were not really huge exits for businesses. It was viewed as a very difficult market to sell into. And it remains difficult. However, the world is changing by the minute. Uh, literally almost every week is a new M&A deal announced, a new funding round. There are billions being poured in because people realize that a half a trillion dollar spend category globally cannot be run the way it's run right now. So that's the global spend on legal bills. That's the dollar amount that's going out to law firms. And that's how much is spent on legal. But the legal technology spend is in the billions and is only growing. Gartner estimates that it will be you know, $48 billion over the next five years. That's a big number. Well, tell us about the big deals that has been happening in the legal tech space. So it's a great question. And historically, if you think about legal, it is this clubby guild that is very relationship oriented with very, very little data, almost no transparency. And I think your listeners will appreciate this point that in a two-sided marketplace, there's a buy side and a sell side. And the buyers, the clients should have the leverage over the sell side vendors in any market. And you know, there's kind of typically five attributes. There's uh, price discovery, there's competitive forces that benefit the buy side, there's the benefit of data, innovation, accountability of the sell-side vendor. All are missing in the law. So what happens is that the entire ecosystem is not really an inefficient market, it's a non-functioning market where the benefit all goes to the sell-side vendor. 
and the entire system is set up for the law firm's profitability, not actually for the value optimization of the client. So what's interesting is as that entire world starts to be transformed, you could say disruption, you could say whatever you know, verb you want to use. And so what happens is that there are new industries and sub-industries being created. So e-discovery was where, you know, when I came out of Harvard Law School 25 years ago, 20 years ago, it was still the era where you were a young kid and a law firm sent you to a dusty warehouse and you went through banker's boxes and a legal pad and you manually reviewed millions of pages of paper. Well, it didn't take too much for somebody to say, good God, I think a computer could do that better. And so there began an entire industry of e-discovery, which was essentially electronic discovery rather than manual. That over a 25-year period now, Silver Lake just bought Relativity for $3.6 billion. Literally, that was last month. This week, Stone Point Capital just did a roll-up in the space. And so e-discovery of the many sub-verticals of the law is probably the most mature and is, has the largest revenue and so on. But there are many other verticals to come in what we call the great unbundling, which is this notion that you've got a legal problem and you just call up a fancy expensive law firm and they just handle it soup to nuts is crazy in this day and age of technology. For example, Bodala sits in business intelligence around the invoices. That's a huge market that we are rapidly winning. There's other markets around what are called alternative legal service providers, ALSPs. So rather than go to a law firm, say there's an M&A deal. Well, if you unbundle the tasks that go into an M&A deal, there's a whole array of tasks that a law firm does not even need to perform, that a non-law firm, very expert provider could do at much better value and much better, frankly, even output. And so all of these things are happening in the law. And that's why private equity and venture capital are realizing all these opportunities. Raj, are you trying to essentially disrupt the system of billable hours? So the billable hour is one of these great, it's like the zombie. Everybody's been talking about it for decades, that we must kill the billable hour, and it just stubbornly persists. The reason it stubbornly persists is because the law firms have all the power, they are the incumbents, and no incumbent in the history of the world, and you know, Linda, you and I share a political background, no incumbent in any power ever gives up power willingly. Why would they? So the only reason the billable hour will ever die, which it will eventually, is when the clients stand up to their vendors and say, enough. And currently, Linda, the clients don't have the data to defeat, to overcome the billable hour. They are actually price takers rather than price makers, even though they're the client. And so that's when that changes, then we'll see change with the billable hour. Raj, do you see legal tech as a tool to change the system of billable hours? Legal tech is the only thing that will change that environment.
And in fact, it's rapidly doing it. We are part of that revolution. There's other companies that are, but the technology and the data is the only path for the clients and the buy side of the legal marketplace to finally get the best value for their dollar. So are VCs waking up to the fact that there's this new sector that they can invest in called legal tech? Absolutely. VCs, it is now, I think, almost become a requirement that the legal tech vertical become part of the portfolio of, of venture capital firms. And you know, here's the funny truth about VCs, which you know well, which is despite all the talk about innovation, VCs actually have a follow the herd mentality. So, you know, they see a big win in a certain sector and everybody wants to go after it. So what happens, the ecosystem and the model, of course, is that, you know, a company like Relativity is still private, but could obviously go public. And when there are some huge exits in the vertical and in the space, there will be a lot new, more fresh money that comes after it. And I'm already seeing that happen every day. Oh, got you, Raj. So um, there's not been any exits because it's just still too early. There have historically not been the exits out of legal that we've seen from, you know, other SaaS verticals, cyber, what have you. So, you know, expense management generally has had some big exits, you know, payments, obviously. I mean, so on and so forth. But legal is rapidly getting to that place, as I said relativity, I'm almost sure could go public, but they've chosen to stay private. I'm not privy to, you know, those obviously uh, discussions, but there are now companies at great scale that are on a path to, if they so chose, becoming public companies. And there is a rapid adoption of technology happening in our space. So do you think that legal tech is at the beginning of a run like fintech was a couple of years ago? What a great question, Linda. I'll actually give credit. There's a friend of mine named Jean-Marc Levy, who's the ex-CEO of ComplySci. And he unprompted, he and I were chatting, and he says to me, I think reg tech, legal tech, comply tech, whatever you maybe want to call that, is exactly where fintech was about 15 years ago. 100%. You know, 15 years ago, it was viewed as kind of fringy. Wait, you're going to go challenge the banks? Are you say there's a global financial order? How could you ever think about you know taking a piece of that? Well, now every hour is a new company that's doing something exciting in in fintech writ large. Same thing is going to happen in legal. Do you foresee the same kind of growth? Absolutely, because I believe that uh, the spend category is massive, and you know, you can have endless debates around what the TAM and the total addressable markets of these various verticals are, but there is no doubt. I would say in the legal tech journey, we're probably in the middle of the first inning. So for, you know, American baseball fans, there's still lots and lots and lots of room to run. There's going to be a lot of exits. There's going to be failures. There's going to be consolidation. There's going to be platforms. And it's an inevitable uh, multi-year journey. So where is Bodala in this growth phase? Bodala is, we're happily saying that we're really on an extraordinarily aggressive growth trajectory. And we're very thrilled. We see overwhelming customer demand for people wanting to know how to optimize those outside legal bills. It is a pain point that has sat there for decades. And there was just nothing that the client could do about it. 
And so what's really interesting about it, Linda, is that we at Bodala have no view on whether or not we're pro-law firm, anti-law firm, any of that. We are pro-value. Our North Star is to create a single source of truth where the market can validate that the trade should clear, to use a payments term, because we know that the right lawyer at the right price at the right firm is being hired and managed for that matter. That's the North Star here. Is the legal world ready for all this? Absolutely. And I can tell you, when we first started, there were definitely some days when I thought, no, you know, nobody would claim that lawyers are exactly the on the forefront of innovation, let's put it that way. Nobody would claim that selling into the legal marketplace is easy. But we are seeing just pick your metaphor, the glaciers melting, the dams bursting. There is just a tremendous amount of enthusiasm. And I think COVID accelerated that. The C-suites, the CFOs, the CEOs, the boards, they are no longer just willing to sit there and say, hey, general counsel, you can, whatever budget you want, whatever, and it's a very volatile budget area, it goes up, it goes down. People just aren't willing to buy that anymore. They're going to say, look, um, you know, here's one great example, Linda, which is I was at a conference once speaking. And somebody from GE got up and said, do you know that we submit proposals to the government to build rocket engines that aren't even drawn up and designed yet? And it's a 20-year project. And we spec it out to the penny. And we make it a fixed bid. And yet a litigator who's done a litigation 10,000 times can't tell me within a 30% standard deviation how much this thing's going to cost. It's absolute madness. And we know what's really happening is the sell side vendor doesn't want you to know how much it will cost because the incumbents benefit from the obfuscation. So again, we believe that data and transparency will create a validated, efficient, functioning marketplace. And law firms and lawyers that are innovative will thrive in the new marketplace. They're not afraid of competition. Many lawyers want to use data to show that I provide value. They don't like the notion that the client thinks that they're padding their bills or that it's an inevitable, you know, the fee increases and the hourly rates are just crazy. You can talk to many lawyers who say, I love doing great work for my clients. I love adding value. Yes, I'm entitled to healthy profit margin, but I want to be open and transparent about it. So Raj, apart from trying to bring transparency into legal billing, what other applications are there for legal tech? What's interesting is that in the vast majority of what we would call practice areas, so when, when somebody thinks of the law, they may think of a courtroom drama or a litigation. So, you know, in the law, we use this jargon of a matter. So it doesn't matter if it's a corporate M&A deal, a tax issue, a regulatory issue, a litigation. Those are all various practice areas. And so what's interesting, Linda, is that aside from a couple practice areas, maybe intellectual property and maybe early stage venture financing, actually, where there has been a natural commoditization and price discovery, almost all practice areas of the law remain shrouded in in obfuscation around pricing. 
So as I said earlier, litigators charge kind of what they want. Corporate deal makers do. Lawyers that serve as private equity firms charge sort of without real market forces at play. So as the data becomes more prevalent, there will naturally be a market reaction. And in practice area after practice area, there likely will be an eventual settlement of an equilibrium of what these providers of what the talent and the client actually settle on. So can I ask you, you as a former lawmaker, how did a lawmaker, <laughs> you were a Kansas, law, <laughs> a Kansas lawmaker, how did you decide, no, I now want to be in VC and legal tech? Yes, I like to say my mom dropped me on my head as a kid, but that's because my mom's an obstetrician. It's always our little joke there. I actually see it and I admit that it's, it's a little counter- it's not conventional. Oftentimes people in politics and public service started in the private sector and you know had whatever level of success and then they go into public service. I was very public service oriented really from when I was, I mean, when I was a baby. I mean, I was doing advocacy and politics and public service literally since I was in like fourth grade, it seems like. And so I, and that's been a huge part of my life. And I really didn't turn to the private sector till I was 40 years old. The reason I see it a very connective tissue is that I hate inefficiencies and I got into politics to solve problems. That sounds a little corny, but it's true. You know, public policy can create incredibly good things for people to live better lives and create more opportunity. And of course, there's a massive amount of ideological battles and so on. But Similarly, in the law, and particularly in the American legal system, our legal system is an outright tragedy. The poor get no legal services whatsoever, despite the very constrained, frankly, marketing-oriented pro bono services of big law firms. The middle class are just afraid of lawyers. That's an accident, a divorce, or what have you. And then the rich get obnoxiously priced legal services. And so the legal system is regulated in a very clubby way. And again, it's an incumbent protection system. The law schools are extraordinarily anti-innovation. They literally, all 200 law schools in America teach the exact same curriculum. The, every law student in America takes the same five classes the first year. So the system is extraordinarily robotic and very allergic to change. And so there is a mission around Shore Bodala, but generally, which is the American legal system is badly serving our society and our economy. And I believe, and I know that, and I'm very disappointed that the leaders of our profession don't ever talk about this. You know, I grew up in a medical household. My parents are physicians who were, you know, immigrated from India. And at least in American healthcare, unlike in Britain, where there's a consensus around the NHS. And of course, there's a lot of problems there, but there is a consensus around that system. In America, we don't have a consensus truly around, but we have a robust debate around the fact that our systems are broken and we need to reform them. What's sad and tragic about the American legal system is there's precious little discussion to almost non-existent particularly from the leaders, the deans of the most prestigious law school, from the American Bar Association, from the judges around how badly our system actually performs for the needs of our society. 
Bodala is in that tradition of reform. And yes, we are working for big corporate entities and we're proud to work for our clients to create them value. They wouldn't be paying us unless they were seeing value. But it is part of a larger context in which there needs to be transformation of the American legal system to not only help the economy grow, but to help the society flourish. Your first round of funding was led by Edison Partners. What's in the future? Are you going to raise more money? I'm happy to say that we're enjoying a very positive reception in the capital markets and we're actively talking to you know various folks and obviously we need additional capital to keep growing the business. And uh, so I think there's news coming on that soon. So have you got a figure in mind of how much you want to raise? So we are, um, you know, we're raising sort of a classic Series B, although now there's kind of the definitions have all gotten tortured. There is like a $100 million Series A's and, and that kind of thing. But I think, you know, we're raising a, a dollar amount that's in, I would say, the traditional amount of a Series B. And we'll obviously see where that journey takes us. You know, I'm focused as a CEO of the business, like a laser on just making sure that we're growing the business in the most responsible way adding value for our clients. And the good part is, Linda, we just have a tremendous amount of runway in front of us. There's just a lot of growth to happen for Bodala and for the sector generally. Well, good luck with that. And we'll definitely keep an eye on how the legal tech sector is developing and whether it can emulate what was happening in FinTech. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Yeah, we're definitely going to follow what you do. Uh, We'll stay in touch. Thank you for having me. That was Raj Goyal, the co-CEO of Budala, speaking to the VC News Daily Podcasts. Thank you for joining us and enjoy your day. You've been listening to VC News Daily Podcast Series. Visit vcnewsdaily.com to find more interviews with the business world's top movers and shakers, as well as our daily digest of venture capital finances.